Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of Let's Be Bump with Montel. And I am so excited about to have today's show because I'm going to tell you, we're about to drop some science on you that I don't think you've heard of, but it's something that is so necessary. My guest today has a background in developing disruptive technology. She's a proud Canna mom and a caregiver of a three-year-old daughter who is a heart transplant recipient that was born with congenital heart disease. As a strong believer in plant implants and all of its medical properties, she's used cannabis to treat her daughter and help improve her quality of life. She's also the president and co-founder of the newly formed National Cannabis Party. She's here to talk about the National Cannabis Party along with one of the co-founders, Safita Artis Mills, and my main man, Red Man, what's up? Thanks so much for joining us. Hey. Hey. How are y'all doing? I'm, I'm good. Um, you already know we're here, bro. I know, man. Thanks so much for tuning in and for being a part of the show today and letting people know about all the new and exciting things that you and Safita are involved in. And Safita, I, I got to start with you because I want to make sure my, my viewers know who you are, get a little bit of your background, girlfriend. Let's go back a little bit. You and Red got involved in, well, let's even back up before that. Tell this, Give me a little bit about background, about who you are. Where are you from, girlfriend? What you been up to? Where you come from? You got an incredible, you know, uh, uh, bona fides. So let's hear a little bit about it. Yes. Yeah, so I, I'm from, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. I am in Virginia now in the Hampton Roads uh, metropolitan area. And I've been around cannabis my entire life. Uh, I have watched uh, a lot of the things that have happened to people before it become, became legalized. So understanding the social justice aspect, being an advocate, being someone who's always been community oriented uh, with building programs and, you know, even at a young age with not seeing seeing things not being done the right way or having to speak up and be a voice. I've always been very vocal. So it, it seems like all of these things led me up to the point where I am now. I've been in technology and gaming for a really long time. I've worked and done several projects with different companies where I've had to build out programs, uh, use, utilize disruptive technology in order to improve processes and uh, train and develop people within that space. So uh, I've always been around <laughs> when it comes to cannabis and then just kind of started to incorporate the technological side of it because I believe that technology is something that can help move the industry forward and make sure that the, the plant is protected and that everything is done in a way that is equitable for everyone, especially when it comes to patients, because that is, of course, a very big soft spot for me. So, you know, fast forward to Canamark USA, the whole point and reason of Canamark was because consumer safety was something that we all have always been very vocal about. That's something that Redman has talked about for a very long time. Very long time. And so with the consumer safety and compliance issue, we didn't see anything that was structured to where it would protect the patients or any consumer for that matter. So we felt people needed that transparency and needed to know what they were consuming, what they were putting in their bodies, what was in it, where it came from, so that they'd be able to trace that process in the event that something happens or they have, say, an adverse reaction, then there could be people that would be notified that can pull that product off of shelves and make sure that that safety issue is rectified. So that was where we started. 
But well, explain, yeah. but explain what Canamark is. It is a barcoded kind of a stamp or something that goes on the outside of packaging for food products. Is that what it is? Explain this. Yes. So Canamark USA use what we would call dynamic QR code. So within that QR code, once it is scanned, you're able to see where that product came from, where it was grown, where it was manufactured, processed, depending on what the product is, knowing the level of THC, the different cannabinoids, the terpene profile, all the information would be there down to the very strain. So in addition to making sure that consumers you know, had full transparency in what they were buying and full confidence to make an educated decision and what they're purchasing. It also allows the dispensaries or whoever's carrying the products to be able to utilize those QR codes as well to be able to provide information to the consumer. So imagine someone in a dispensary or a butt tender talking to someone about a product. They can scan that QR code and it'll bring up all the information right there in real time where they'll be able to kind of have more of a consultative approach with the consumer, which would help them when it comes to product knowledge and understanding the plant. So we started that way and then eventually it started to incorporate blockchain technology as well as being able to uniquely identify a product. So if a person has a specific strain, that IP would be protected because we'd have a unique identifier that we can attach to that QR code that would pretty much differentiate, okay, this is, you know, one particular brand or another. So no one would be able to duplicate that and that would uh, eliminate the issue of counterfeiting. Gotcha. And now, as the industry embraced, let me cut you off. And what I liked about this uh, product uh, that we had was, you know, usually at a party when when the wrapper is off, uh, you know, you no longer know about that edible or that product. You know, we had an all natural edible warning label that went on the infused candy. It was infused into candy. So if you if the party was sponsored by Canamark USA, even though the wrapper is not on it, you can actually take your phone and scan that candy still. And it still had an all natural warning label that went in, that was infused in the candy. And you were still able to read all the information about that candy. I thought that was ingenious at the end of the day. Yeah. How, how, how did the industry embrace that? Yeah, I, well, I, I, I wish it was in every single you know state across the country. Is it? No, it is not. Uh, what happened is we started out with going to individual states. And of course, I felt we were ahead of our time. So it was still a process in getting adjusted to how Kennermark technology would work and how they would be able to implement into their particular system from state to state and also leading up to federal legalization. So we have improved the processes, uh, added more things to the technology to where it's now going to be called birthmark technologies to where we'll be able to do more, including putting sensors on product to where you can track and trace where that product is at all times in real time and be able to account for those products. So in the event that a product is missing or stolen, you'd be able to trace where it is. So we just spent this time that we've gone trying to introduce it to states or even trying to you know, make the appropriate introduction through other companies that are within these states to be able to introduce the technology. So right now we've just spent all these years just improving it. So when the opportunity arises, we'll be able to roll that technology out to not only protect consumers, but the small growers, the businesses in the space that may not have the resources to be able to uh, make sure that their product is protected and that their intellectual property is protected as well. 
That's so good. I mean, um, you know, so you started with that company with Redman, and you guys were, were actively moving that forward. It's sitting, not dormant, shall I say, but it's just waiting for the next opportunities. Right. Absolutely. And, and that I, brought us to NCP. <laughs> okay. Uh, you, but before you went to NCP, though, something happened in your life. Let's talk a little bit about your journey with your daughter. And okay. So my daughter, uh, Kanza, Kanza is three years old now, uh, September 25th of this month will make three years since her heart transplant. And uh, she was born with a congenital heart defect called hypoplastic left heart syndrome. And what that means in layman's terms was that when Kanza, when I was seven months pregnant, they found that her heart had not fully developed. So the left side of her heart did not fully develop, which they said is similar to someone saying, you know, being born with half of a heart. So being that her heart would not function normally without surgical intervention, the doctors told me and my husband that uh, she would have to have three open heart surgeries before she turned four years old and that she needed those surgeries to live. The first would be shortly after she was born. So at three days old, my daughter had a reconstructive heart surgery and the process is called a Norwood Sano, where they would place um, a BT shunt into her heart to help it function and help improve the oxygen saturation so that the blood could be, the oxygenated blood would be able to um, flow through her body and give her body what it needs. Um, That's about the simplest way I can explain it. And so just understanding what was going to happen and the medications, the she she was on about four different medications, you know, as an as a newborn, having to take medicine. I had to get up at six a.m. every morning to weigh her and to uh, take a pulse oximeter to measure her heart, um, uh, her oxygen saturation, as well as uh, measuring the rhythm of her heart. And I had to report that in a book to where I had to go and show her doctor every single visit to make sure that everything was functioning properly and that the shunt was still in place. So when they was preparing for her second surgery at five months old, they realized she was in heart failure. And they told me that uh, if she didn't, they weren't able to replace the heart that they were afraid that they could possibly lose her because the second surgery, she was not a good candidate for it because her heart was already struggling to keep up. So she was listed September 11th of 2018, 13 days later, she coded several times and they were able to bring her back. And then shortly after, miraculously, they, uh, as they put her on life support, the call came for her heart. And so ever since her transplant, I've been using cannabis um, in the form of CBD and now CBD and CBG to help improve her quality of life. They told me that my daughter uh, developmentally, she may have possibly have delays, that her recovery process was going to be a lot on her. She had to learn how to sit up again. She wasn't able to do the things that she was doing as a normal five-month-old before she had the surgery. And me being a can of mom and just a caregiver, I feel there needs to be more access for pediatric patients and seeing how my daughter is doing way more than they ever expected her to do. And so alert, so smart. Like it's, it's just amazing to watch her every day. And when it's time for me to give her her tincture, she's, she knows already, she knows the schedule. She's 
She's ready for her appetite is great, which is something that also is an issue with cardiac children. And she used to have a lot of trouble sleeping at night because of the different medications that she takes. And so I just feel that it's some, there needs to be more clinical research studies. There needs to be more information to show just how amazing cannabis is as a plant and how it can help treat children that have chronic illnesses, that are battling cancer, that are going through different things where you don't want them to have to take multiple regimens of prescription medication because of the different side effects and things that that can cause. And some children can take up to 10 to 12 different medications at one time. The most she's been on is about six or seven, which was a lot on her body. We went through a lot trying to get her through those side effects. So I'm just a living witness as to what this plant does and how it helps my daughter and how it can help so many other children and anyone for that regard. And we're just we're just scratching the surface as to what yeah. the, the plant could really do. Now, Reggie, you must have been, you know, just taken aback having your friend go through what she went through. What was it like being a friend to a person who you knew was suffering in this way? Suffering in the fact that, you know, she had a daughter. I know you guys must have been in touch with each other, right? Yeah, well, you know what? I didn't get to meet Sophia to after, uh, you know, her child was born. I heard about her a lot, you know, through a pop's dame, which has just uh, been such a great friend and partner to me. But when I uh, first met Sophia, uh, I immediately fell in love with her as a sister because of, you know, her advocacy uh, towards this uh, movement, this marijuana cannabis movement. And uh, when she first told me about her daughter and the story relating to cannabis, I, I just thought it was a remarkable story. And, you know, I told her, I'm like, wow, you are a people's person just like I am. Like, my job is not any different from yours. You trying to, you know, get across a message that we've been trying to do since 1992. We just didn't no, it would grow. Um, this cannabis industry would grow and, and get arms and legs like it has now. So when you can actually have a story that solidified through your child to using a cannabis product for health or any kind of reasons that benefit the health and your child is like a, a, a test of it, it's like a testimony to help other people. So when I first met Safita, I definitely fell in love with her movement, her character, and her babies, because her baby, you, you know, here's the thing. When we always have a meeting, like we have a meeting every Wednesday, like far as the team. And when I hear how the little one is in the back, like, like, because she, she, she makes, uh, she is very active, like really active. When I hear it, I don't just hear a child just being loud and yelling, mommy. I hear a child that's that overcame a lot of adversities. And when I hear her, it, it brings a joy to my heart every time I hear her in the background. Because she, like I said, um, she is very loud. She is very charismatic. She's and, and, and you can just hear the joy of her living. So when I hear her in the background, it brings such a, a, a joyous moment to my heart every week. And this is every week. And I know that there is a God and God is so great. So, you know, that's where I'm at with the story on that. Oh, man. And, and Safina, now again, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, I'm sure that the doctors gave you some pushback when you told them that you were going to start your child who's a transplant recipient on, 
you know, a plant-based medicine that was based with cannabis. What, what, what kind of pushback did you get and how did you deal with that? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you want to know how to become a social media influencer, how to grow an online business, how to make money from your laptop and build a profitable online company? Well, I'm going to show you how in my podcast, Living the Red Life. I built a million dollar company at the age of 25, a $10 million company at the age of 30, and now I'm the A-list celebrity marketer that speaks around the world on how to transform businesses and make them profitable using Facebook ads, marketing, social media. My name is Rudy Moore, and I'm super pumped to bring you my podcast, Living the Red Life. I know this is going to become your new favorite podcast, and I'm going to show you how to grow a profitable online company step-by-step every single week. So for me, and that's another thing, you know, as a mom, you can only be but so vocal about it, which because, you know, the stigma still exists and because of people's lack of understanding and not being educated on the plant, which is why, you know, education is is so much it's so needed because of what people think and because of the way that it has been spun in media the way historically cannabis has been painted out to be this plant has been demonized and the people who you know consumed it have as well so as a mom I can only say but so much but what I can get from them usually is that you know they always say to me mom whatever you are doing it is absolutely working and I just that that gives me so much joy and so much hope for what I'm doing and what I chose to do. That's not popular. It's not something that people can, you know, you want to go and scream to the mountaintops. Like this is amazing. This is how it's helping my child. And especially seeing other parents struggle and deal with their children going through this process or other debilitating diseases that people don't even know about. And congenital heart disease is more common than people realize. And yet it's not talked about. I had no idea what it was. I didn't know it existed. I didn't know children could be born with heart disease and need heart transplants. Like, so for me, I said, you know, even if they were to give me that pushback, that would be, that would have been an opportunity for me. So I talked to them um, not as openly as I would like to, about what I do, but I know they do give me that green light about whatever it is that I'm doing. They know the industry that I'm in. I will say that. So they know they can kind of guess that, you know, that I'm doing something, but they're not quite sure what it is. But me having a great relationship with her doctors who are amazing. Her medical team has been very, very good to her. They when that opportunity comes where they are open to studies and when they are looking to study cannabis, I'm already here. So Mm -hmm. I could be that bridge. And that's what I'm hoping is something that can happen because all it takes is at least one. If it's one hospital, one set of doctors, that's all we need to begin with, because then that's data that we can be able to bring to other doctors and other medical professionals and say, listen, this is, these are the results. This works. And that's what I'm hoping to get to at some point. Especially the fact that, again, you know, you just mentioned the fact that you're, you're treating her with some CBD and, and CBG. But, you know, we do know that there's a, several different terpene profiles that you could be using that, you know, will give you that extra additional anti-inflammatory 
response in the body. You know, then there's also not just the terpenes, but, you know, the flavonoids that we know now that we're starting to research have additional anti-inflammatory effect capabilities. So, you know, as I move forward, and I know that Reggie, you guys are, are working hard at what you're doing, but, you know, I, we do have a repository here of some extra information. I'm working with some doctors out of, you know, Columbia. I'm working with some doctors out of South Africa. I work with people around the world who are really starting to try to dig in deeper because, you know, that's that's been part of the problem. I mean, you know, we 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 saw a television special that, that said, well, CBD, 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 but didn't talk about the fact that there's 265 cannabinoids. And, you know, you know that broader spectrum, even with THCA, could probably have some some benefit to your child, even a little bit of THC. So uh, I, I don't want to go into detail. I'm not a doctor. I don't want anybody trying to sue me and say Montel's trying to get it. I don't know. I get it. it. <laughs> you know, but you know that we could have a side a sidebar conversation and talk yeah. about some of the stuff that I found out. And any time, anytime you want to do that, you just let me know. I'll give you some resources and some things to look up. And, you know, you might find some additional benefits on the regimen that you've already sought out. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. No, no, it's as a buts. And I'm glad you're here because, you know, just sharing the story and letting other parents out there know that, you know, there's a wealth of knowledge that, you know, the, the one thing that you hit on, education, education, education. When it comes to cannabis, it's as important as location, location, location is to real estate agents. We need to start making sure that we start not just educating the B2B, the businesses to businesses. We start, we need to start continuing, we need to continue educating the B2C, the consumer. Yes. And there's so many parents out there that don't know. They're so afraid because they think, oh, no, that can't work. But you're a living example, and so is your daughter. Yes, absolutely. And I'm happy, you know, to, to do that. I, I've done so much research on my own, and I saw that there was a university that even saw how cannabis helps with um, the reducing the chance of organ rejection. Yes. So that really piqued my ears, and I said, okay, this is something that needs to be looked into because there is a specific type of medication that these children have to take that can cause cancer. And I know a parent whose child did get that form of cancer due to that medication, and it's called PTLD. And in a person who has an immune, um, a compromised immune system, it can be fatal for them. And right. for someone like us, we don't have that issue, so we would more than likely be able to get through it a lot easier than a child who's immunocompromised. So just right. seeing that, I said, you know, that information needs to be made readily available. Someone needs to get with these doctors or these teams that are doing that type of research, because that's the biggest thing with rejection. It can happen. Everything can be going well, and it can just happen out of nowhere. So yep. I have to regularly take her to her doctors because she's done so well, which I attribute as well to cannabis. She doesn't have to see them as often. She goes every two to three months opposed to when she used to have to go every week or every two weeks. So I believe that this is just the beginning. And as much as I can be a bridge to bring that together and make that connection, I am always available and I'm, I always make myself um, available and open to those conversations and contributing what my experience is so that it can help other children. Well, I'm thinking that that's probably where the genesis of this whole idea of forming a national cannabis party came out of. But why don't both of you tell me how you came up with this idea to, to actually form a national cannabis party, which to me, you know, I gotta, I'll give you my two cents, but you know, as we watched this last election go down, you know, there were so many people running around, 
every day saying, oh, man, you can't wait till Harris and Biden gets in office because they're going to change all the laws. They're going to legalize. They're going to decriminalize. And I kept saying back during the campaign, are you kidding me? They are so full of crap. Use that as stop listening to the hype. Because the truth of the matter is, Joe Biden has been an adamant uh, uh, person, the protagonist when it comes to anything drug, because he thinks every drug is the same except for alcohol. And I, I don't, I think I remember seeing him at a couple of dinners where he's got a glass of wine in front of him, so he ain't got no problem with that. So, and here's a guy who actually, even three months before he got elected, had the nerve to say that cannabis was a gateway drug. I, I was like, how is this man going to help our cause? And then we look at, you know, the vice president who incarcerated more people in the state of California while she was the attorney general for minor cannabis violations and didn't say to anybody that she was a previous user until she got on the campaign trail and made claims that hmm, were never substantiated by anybody else. I'm just saying. <laughs> and now all of a sudden we think that, you know, this is like the next coming. This is not the next coming. So, you know, these are people who made promises to an entire constituency of the United States and said, we are going to lessen the burden of penalty when it comes to cannabis if we get elected. And now what are we, 10 months in? And we still haven't heard a peep other than, well, we're just not, well, well, well. I get Afghanistan, I get COVID, I get all of that, but just like that. COVID by itself. There is scientific research that there are certain components of the cannabis plant that are more applicable to reducing inflammation in the lungs of COVID patients than some of the medications that we have in the marketplace. Yet we still won't have the conversation that we should have had. I'm on my tirade. I'm sorry. So I'm just... I want to pat the, I'm patting both of y'all right now on the shoulders and, and I'm, I'm giving a big, big hug for starting this national cannabis, you know, party. And now I want to figure out how to get this thing blown up as big as it can, because this entire group of people needs to hold the next group running for office accountable. And what's going to end up happening, you, you hear me, hear me, this is going to sound a little weird. There's one dude out there who, you know, we can call him all the names we want to call him. We can shyster Mr. Orange Man, Mr. Whatever we want to call him. But he's smart enough to know all I got to do is make promises to the right people and they can put me back in office. So if all of a sudden, you know, he decides that I want to get Hude and Kuse, them two boys of his involved in the cannabis industry. Uh oh. People might vote for that not understanding that that's just like the eyes behind the curtain. You know what I mean? So what what was the genesis? What was the impetus for creating that national cannabis party? Why don't you go 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 with Reggie? Tell me, tell me what well, is this something you always I, thought about? You know, you know, here's the thing. Uh like with Dame, uh, he came up to me one day and said, bro, I've I've been work I've been working on something and it happened. That was it. Like, you know, just being honest. And I was like, because, you know, we, we put in a lot of work. And uh, and even for me, like I told you a long time ago, Unc, like, you know, everything that's happening to me is just God's blessing. And I was, all, I was all, always saving my brand for a bigger picture. Like, I didn't just 
want to just say red man has a grow or you know red man has a, a a strain you know or red you know or the little you know the like a vape pen or anything i thought all of that was small time like i used to tell you i said i want to be behind the responsibility of this cannabis industry the responsibility of it and like i said i like when i talked to dame how he came about it he he told me he he said he went after uh a, a fec approved uh cannabis party he had a couple of his friends that said he's not going to do it it's not going to happen and me and him sat and talked about it and talked about it and only thing we could say is thank god like mm-hmm. god gave us this on something that was not in reach you know, to have something at this magnitude. So, like I said, I, I owe it to my business partner and I owe it to God, man, that we really got something going on where we can actually impl- help implement laws, help implement, I mean, a lot of uh, regulations, you know, for farmers, small-time growers, helping people to get out of jail for this cannabis plant. They've been locked up on it. So many things we can do. And besides the music part of it, having festivals and bringing more awareness and uh, 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 and having technology part of it. Like we can do so much now with being, you know, doing this uh, National Cannabis Party that we own. And it, it is history. Like I appreciate, that's why I made the call to you because I know you like being part of history and you as a great advocate for this marijuana industry and you had to be a part of this interview. So thank you. And I'll let Safita you know, implement sure. what we're doing. Uh, yes. So uh, Red is exactly right. Um, him and Damon are, you know, he always runs things past Red Man and he's like, after he talks to me <laughs> and he says, you know, I want to do this. And he knows I'm going to be, be the person to never say you can't. I actually had so many conversations um, with my dad saying, you know, the only way this is going to change if we put ourselves in a position to where we can influence policy and legislation and hold these politicians accountable because there's no accountability for what's being promised to communities. Even when you hear in, you know, the legislation or things being spoken about regarding social equity, it's like, what is it? What does it actually actually look like? How are you going to implement it? How are you going to allocate tax revenue to where it is equally distributed throughout an entire state, even just using, you know, New York as an example? How how do people know that more money is going to go to one area because of certain political interests or, you know, corporate interests that's involved? So it needs to be fair. It needs to be equitable. And you cannot say I'm going to take money and reinvest in communities that have been impacted the most by the war on drugs or prohibition. And you don't even talk to them. You just assume what they need and say, we're going to do this. Well, what if you say, well, we're going to build this program? They're like, that's not what we need. And that's the disconnect that's there because no one's going into the community and saying, what do you need? How has this impacted you? What is going on in your community and how has this affected you. And so with National Cannabis Party, we have the ability to do that. We have the ability to say, we support those who support cannabis. And it's not about a person being Democratic or Republican. It is a nonpartisan issue. And we've said that from the very beginning. So we're not telling people to change their party. Mm -hmm. We're not telling people to, you know, pick a side as far as 
if they're going to be Democrat, Republican, independent. We're telling people choose what's right and that you have the right to choose your own medicine. There should be no reason why people can't say, okay, I use cannabis and not be afraid of whatever consequences come with that or not be afraid of, okay, I'm going to go to jail if I don't do everything by the book the way that it, it, it states in whatever state they're in as far as legislation goes. Because even though it's legal in these states, there's still fine print there. It's like, okay, yeah, you you may get fined if you go over what the legal limit is. But if you go this far, we're going to put you back in jail. What is the point of it being decriminalized if people are still going to go to jail over the plant? I Absolutely. feel like there's well, but, a lot that needs to change there. But a lot of this get, can be can get done through a party that is, and explain to everybody what the significance is behind having this be the first federal election commission approved cannabis party. Um, that That is extremely important and monumental. Like Brett said, it's historical because we were told we couldn't do it. People thought we were crazy. We had a lot of pushback because people don't feel comfortable with politics as they are. I feel like they looked at it like, oh, this is politics as usual. They're going to say everything we want to hear and nothing's going to change. But the difference is that to have a party where there are people who are in cannabis, support cannabis, are consumers, you know, caregivers like me that have fought for so long, that have advocated, people have even picked up and moved their entire family to states where it was welcoming because that's what they needed or that's how they were che- treating their children. So- but, but, but I'm sorry, before you go, I want you to continue with that thought, but before you do, explain again, the fact that you are now basically sanctioned by the Fed as a legal party, that means that you can appear on ballots across every state. Is that what's going on as part of the Federal yeah. Election Commission? And yeah. And your platform has to have equal space and equal representation, correct? Yes. So the same way that any other uh, party that is approved. Republicans or Democrats. Right. right. They have to support us. They have when we if we call and say and ask questions or there's things that we need to have a further understanding of and how we're setting up state committees, which I will get to that as well, because we do have a state committee now under the National Cannabis Party, which is the National Cannabis Party of Georgia. So we have the ability to set up committees in each state. We have the ability to endorse and put up a presidential candidate as well as other candidates that in Congress. Like there's so much that we're able to do as a national party than it would if we did not form this. So we, the numbers are what we need. We need the support of the people, the more people that are supporting it and people who have taken it upon themselves to change their party to the national cannabis party. That is going to happen more and more. And as it does, You're giving, you're literally telling them, respect our industry, and this is how you're going to make them do that. Because the numbers and the support of the people is going to, in my opinion, alert those politicians to say, hey, they have influence. What what, what are the the numbers looking like now when it comes to the National Cannabis Party? Are Are you, are you, are you, have you gotten, well, I know you're just now announcing, right? This has just begun. When did it begin? It began in January of this year. 
So okay. just the way that we've grown in that short amount of time, um, we we still have not hit that 100,000 mark yet. But I feel the more that we're able to bring awareness and people know who we are and what we stand on and how we want to support the people and empower the people to be able to advocate themselves, empower them to be able to influence policy and legislation in their own state. Because some people want to fight, they want to join in, but they don't know where to start or what tools they need in order to do that. So that's where the education comes in and why we want to make sure that people are given a fair chance to influence and impact the industry everywhere they are, because it's something that's going to take a collective effort. And so, I mean, now I, I, I know you guys have, have clearly you've hired on a, a publicist or some sort of publicity company to help you get out there. And, and I mean, I don't understand why, uh, Reg, you're not on everybody from Jimmy Kimmel to Dr. Oz right now. I mean, the world needs to know that this is a legitimate party like any other third party that that's now registered in the nation. They need to understand that this is legit and a viable party that is has the ability to raise money in every state and has the ability to employ that money for their own candidates. Um, who are you working with uh, from a PR standpoint to get the word out, man? Because, I mean, you said you started this in January. Here I am right now. You know, first I heard of it was when you gave me a call. But, I mean, I think what uh, we need, well, you texted me, but we really need to get the word out. And what what can we do to help you do that? So so here's the thing. Um, um, like when it was started, uh, you know, we was at ground level with it. And I made a big announcement on Versus. Uh, that's happening on Trilla, if you don't know about it, or maybe you heard about it when the artists go back and forth with Versus. It's, when you do Versus, it's one of the biggest platforms for music in the world that's happening within that hour or two on social media. And I made an announcement on that platform, which rung a bell through all 50 states. And we started seeing a lot of data of people wanting to find out what was it I, I was I mentioned on versus and that was the National Cannabis Party. And at that time we didn't have the staff that we have now. We were very small. I get I think we was like maybe like four or five people strong. And uh now we have the proper staffing to get that awareness out there. Um like I said it 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 takes time um far as we want to get you know the right people and and not just get a staff of people that can do their job. We want to uh, we, we, we're gathering a staff that's very passionate about this cannabis industry. So now we feel we have the staff to work and, and make moves and, 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 and do the proper awareness that we need. So now it's go time. Like we, I feel we fully staffed up. So now it's really go time for us to just really bring that awareness out. And when I drop my music and which it will be at the uh, end of the year or the tip of the year, every place I go, anything I do, it will be representing this national cannabis party. So there's, there's, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no stopping after I get on. And after that, I'm going to bring awareness to all other artists that want to participate. And, you know, the doors will be open for us to do more things now that we fully staffed and have the right people in position to do necessary requirements of getting this awareness out for us the national cannabis party. What's been some of the pushbacks, Safita? You were recently named the president so what's been some of your pushback? Congratulations, sis. Congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. The pushback we've gotten is uh, some people were went as far as to say we're being divisive. 
and they were saying, you know, you're making us have to choose. And we're like, no, we're not telling you that you have to choose. And then there were people that just made assumptions about, you know, what we were planning to do. Uh, there were people that just, because it's a party, they're like, well, you shouldn't call it a political party. I'm like, well, that's what it is. So the credibility piece was something that we were challenged on and we were really surprised. And it showed us how how divided the industry is because of what's happening. Everybody has different viewpoints. Everybody's dealing with this pandemic. And so people, a lot of people are very jaded right now because of the way that things have been handled politically and you can't really blame them. So here we are and we're like, listen, we're here for you. This is not about us. This is bigger than all of us. And the only way we're going to be truly taken seriously is that we don't have to necessarily ask for a seat at the table. We created it now. We have our own table that we can now invite people to sit down or decide who gets to sit down on our table and who gets our support because all support is not going to be genuine and we understand that. So that's why it's more quality over quantity the way that we've started out because we want people, as Redman said, we want people who are passionate. We want people who truly support the industry and the people, the people who care about social justice and prison reform, people who care about the science behind cannabis. These are the people that we want to work with and further the movement because we understand there's going to be people that look at it as an opportunity. Well, I can get with the National Cannabis Party, get their endorsement, and now here I am running for president or running for Congress or what what have you. So we want to make sure that it's the right people and that our vetting process is strong and that people that get involved truly have a heart for the people because community, you know, people, that is something where I've always been passionate about. And there's so many people that they just want to get involved. They literally is like, I don't care what you need. We're here. We're ready to help in any way that we can. And we saw that recently at the National Cannabis Festival in D.C., where we attended Red Man and Method Man performed. And then I was able to come out on stage and talk to over 25,000 people about the National Cannabis Party and then started getting great feedback about what the issues that we're touching on and where people see this going. So I feel that we're in a great position to really grow it and push it forward, as you said, because it definitely needs to be out there. And we definitely need to have more people as we're continuing the organizational structure of the party and rolling out a committee in every state. What does the next two to three months look like for you, Safina? I would say the next two to three months is definitely going to um, we're going to have more state committees formed right now. We're working on the second one, which is in California. So there will be more state committees. And then we also want to have um, committees that are dedicated to community impact. So doing expungement clinics, career fairs, uh, getting people prepared for legalization, as well as getting people um, in within the process of how to apply for licenses, how to get involved on the, the hemp side or ancillary side to where they don't have to be focused on getting a license right away. They can start where they are, wherever their state is, they can start there and start to build their business or whatever impact they would like to have in the industry. And we would want to provide those tools because that is something that is severely lacking. And there's a lot that can be done in that space to empower people to be able to help 
further the cause because now they'll have the tools and resources to do that. Where do people have to go and what do they have to do to get involved? What do you want people to do to get involved? Where do they have so to go? We want people to go to www.nationalcannabisparty.org and we want people to hashtag all over social media, hashtag the number four and NCP. That is going to allow us to see their posts, see people share their stories. We want people to share their cannabis story, share why they got involved. We want to know what your why is, because that is going to help us know where the help is needed, how we need to galvanize the people. So going to the website, we already have everything set up for donations so people can go there. They can hashtag for NCP. And we also will have a QR code that we will be providing Redman is going to put it on his social media. We can also send it to you, Montel, as well, because that will give people the beginning of what the technology is going to be, because we're going to give people the opportunity to own their data and be able to control their digital footprint, which is why blockchain technology has been implemented into our tech. So that's something that, of course, we can always um, come back and talk about. But that is something that we want people to know and understand as well. So that we'll get that over to you. Redman's going to also put it on his social media so that people can begin to understand how these QR codes are going to work and how they're going to be able to utilize that technology to take back power and control of their information. You got you. Now, how about businesses? You want businesses to be involved also, don't you? Yes, absolutely. It's something that um, they can do the same. They can go to www.nationalcannabisparty.org, hashtag for NCP, and we'll be able to connect with them. They can go to National Cannabis Party's uh, Instagram, our Twitter. They can go to Redman's, any one of them, and be able to connect with us. Send us messages. But going to the website is going to be one of the things that gets us the the quickest response because we see them as they come in. And then we're going to be setting up virtual town halls pretty soon to where people can get involved and we can be able to address the people directly and work side by side with them in their respective community. And we have a fundraiser as well. So feel free to donate because, you know, like any party, you know, you need money to, you know, raise awareness. So we have a a fundraiser going on as well on the website. So please feel free to donate whatever you feel to help us out. But, uh, you know, like Safita said, we have all the information on the uh, website and on it will be on my page and on the National Cannabis Party uh, on Twitter and IG to find out how you can donate. So please feel free if you believe in this movement. So, you know, Reggie, now again, you know, unfortunately, we are so divided right now as a nation. I mean, even divided in groups of people who have the same ideals, um, you know, it's almost like his attitude, especially in the cannabis industry, you know, everybody's so worried about somebody else getting a little bit one step ahead of them. You know, it's that old bucket crab syndrome. You know what I mean? Can't let a crab get out of the bucket. You got to pull them back in. Um, what's been the pushback that you've seen from some other artists or other people? I mean, are they are they afraid to team up with you or are they trying to stand on the periphery? What's going on, brother? Well, here's the thing. Uh, you know, I've always been an artist that like to demonstrate and show with action. Um, once I get the word out there, like I mentioned, like I said, I mentioned it on a big platform trailer for us to versus, and I haven't had an artist that reached out to me to ask me about it yet, but I believe once I drop material where I can start doing interviews, cause you know, everyone knows like as an artist, when you drop music, 
you're you're going to be doing rounds and rounds of interviews from your PR setup. So I believe once I get back on track with doing my interviews with some music out, the awareness I can bring will be definitely a hundred times better than what I'm doing now. So I really didn't get any pushback because at the end of the day, any artist that know me or anyone that knows me that uh, my brand is very unique. Um, my brand hasn't been uh, tampered far as, you know, well, Red Man, we don't like what you're doing as far as the cannabis industry. We don't like your grow. We don't like your marijuana that you're putting out. I don't get any of that flack because I upheld a great brand and great character towards this uh, cannabis industry. And anyone knows me, they know I'm for the people. Like, I am a people's person. My boy, Meth, we are people. We are people persons. Like, far as our music, far as the cannabis industry, we are for the people. And I think that's what's going to really have us stand out as the National Cannabis Party of being more attentive for the people. A lot of people say, a lot of artists and a lot of brands and a lot of companies say they are for the people. But like I said in the beginning, it's actions speak louder than words. And I believe once I get to going, once I get back in the loop of dropping some music, I'm going to have artists coming up, coming up to me left and right, like left and right. And it's going to be a no brainer. That's how I feel. And, and just be, that I, I that's no flat, no, no flack or no, no get back at all. Because once I get to going, the, the, the plan and the structure will be implemented more about the awareness. Well, I watched that versus, and of course he was on stage, so he couldn't see it. But from reading the comments, there were a lot of artists that commented while that was going on and that was congratulating him. And that was like, did you just hear that? Like the, I could see the excitement in the comments. So there are a lot of artists that did respond in the comments and that were showing their love and support for it so they may not have reached out yet but th they definitely heard it and they did respond and i remember seeing um the one comment that stood out i can't remember what he said but i know he was in support of it um and it was snoop dogg i saw his comment and just his like shock because everyone was kind of shocked because they weren't expecting it but i know that there's a ton of artists that are definitely going to be in support of it just based off of how many people just congratulated him and just was like, wow, that's amazing. Oh, that they were just excited. So I don't see, uh, I, I honestly don't see why any artist would uh, give pushback that is in support of cannabis. And that definitely would connect with Redman because like he said, his, his brand is solidified and he's done a lot and he's always been vocal. So people look at him and Method Man as like the Mount Rushmore of artists as well as Snoop Dogg that have always advocated and in their support of cannabis, even affecting their careers, putting a lot on the line for it. And everyone was not willing to step up and do that. And they did. Oh, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Back in the day, back in that, you know, when we first all came out originally, you know, there was a lot of, people in the in the Hollywood and in the music industry that was talking a lot of smack that didn't step up to the plate to support and kind of left us all out there hanging by our, our toenails by ourselves. But I'm glad that now, you know, we're all at a point where, you know, we can stop the bucket crab thing and try to get back together again. And, you know, I, I look forward to, I hope that you, you should plan a summit, my, my brother, you know, a summit with just, 
not for hundreds, not for even multiple tens, but get together about 10 or 15 of the, you, you know who they are. Get yeah, together about elite. 10 or 15, the elite. Put us in the same room and say, you know, what are we going to do? Exactly. And then have everybody leave that room at the same time saying, we're going to announce that the National Cannabis Party is here to stay and it's going to be dealt with. Yeah, and like I said, my like like I, I know like artists, you know, like especially my peer of artists, they hear it and they applaud it, but it's also like, okay, he said it. I want to see where it's going first before I make a move. So, like I right. said, once once we, once it get to going, it's a no brainer how artists will be a part of it that that's been supporting this cannabis industry for years. So, I, I can't wait. You know, I'm uh, I have my I, I have. Uh, Big confidence on the, the 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 awareness we're going to bring, not just to artists, but for the world. And I believe a lot of people will be a part of this party. At the well, end you, of the you know, you always have a home here, my friend. Safita, one more time, get out the uh, where people can go if they want more information. Yes, www.nationalcannabisparty.org. Yes. On social media, hashtag the number four, NCP. All and right, we do, and we are doing fundraisers. I repeat, we have a fundraiser. It takes money to run a party, so feel free to donate as much as you want. Well, my brother, I tell you, you know, from your your mouth to God's ears, and let's hope that it's heard clearly around the nation. And I mean, you know, let me know what I can do to help. And you know, if we can reach out and you know get Mark Zuckerberg or somebody to give us a couple minutes. Give us some time so that you can, you can put this up there and really, really blow this out across all social media platforms. I think you'll, you, you'll be a force to be reckoned with for years to come. Uncle Monty, I want to thank you. Like, not like I always thank you, you know, for every interview, like for being my uncle. And, you know, me and you have talked numerous occasions. And, uh, you know, it's just a privilege that you allowed us on your platform to uh, talk about this party as anything. I know I never abused my uh, privilege with you far as, you know, you being uncle, whatever, but I really appreciate you being part of this history that we building. So thank you again. Uh, you got my, I got your back. You got mine. Absolutely. All day. Um, yes. Thank you. Please love that daughter of yours. Give her a big hug for me. I will you stay safe. Both of you. You know, whether we like it or not, this 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 plague is still out here. And, you know, we got to do everything we can to keep ourselves safe, keep our family safe and keep doing what we do, making sure that we advocate for those who don't have a voice to advocate for themselves. Absolutely. Always. Right now. OK, now you got to stay well. Again, make sure you tune in to the next edition of Let's Be Brother Montal. Get up on that www national cannabis platform or party right now good up That's sign right. up me i want to be a part do your thing That's come right. on now stop That's talking right. smack. live the smack thanks for joining me on let's be blunt with montel please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week we'd love to hear your feedback also so please send us your comments Are you dealing with best life burnout, constantly striving for more, and quite frankly, over it? Maybe you just want more joy, peace, and laughter in your life now. 
Well, then let's go. Welcome to your new favorite podcast, Hot Happy Mess, hosted by me, your girl, Zuri Hall. We are celebrating our magic in the middle of life's messes. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday. Listen to the Hot Happy Mess podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.